Blog Talk Radio.
getting down to the nitty gritty and helping people find their directions. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I'm super duper duper excited tonight. Um, I have some special, special guests. But before I introduce my special guest, I want to say good evening to my co-host, DJ Sean. What's up? What's up? What's going on? How you doing? What's going on? How are you tonight? I'm here. Oh, you here. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's better than not being here. It's better than not being here. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's February. We're about to um shoot through February. Y'all know that it's a um short month. Uh but this year's leap year, so what, we get another extra day. Um gonna introduce my other co host, Antonio Magaha. What's good, what's good, what's good? How are you? I'm cooling, I'm cooling, I'm cooling. Cool. All right. My, um, well, my uh, my two co-hosts seem to be a little uh, a, a low energy, but that's okay. After tonight's special guest and uh, show tonight, uh, everybody's gonna be super duper excited. I also let's see, do we have um, Queen Azuri? Is she on? Mm, I'm in the building. Can you hey, hear me? Hey, how are you? Can hear hello. you? Hello. Yes. Hello, I am, hello. I am well, honey. I am well. I'm doing we good are. today. I'm doing good. You're doing good. Mm. That's great. Um, I'm. Yeah. I, I have been super excited for this interview for a while. I booked this interview a while ago, and um. I'm just super excited. I'm super excited. It is Black History Month. Do we, um, somebody give me a fact, somebody on the line. What what y'all know about Black History Month? Black History Month, it shouldn't be a month. Black History Month is every day for us. Exactly. We've gone through. Huh? I said definitely if you're black, it's, it's, it's every day. Yep. Well, we got we got to uh, add light skinned people to that as well too, because we oh, you know what I mean. We're a little Lord. lighter than black, but we here. Oh, oh MG. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Listen, you you know he gonna come. He's coming with the uh, colorism. You know what yeah, I call colorism. Yeah. yeah. Colorism. Yeah. I'm not fond of colorism. When mm-hmm. I got to the south, I I was made very very aware of colorism. In the north, I, I, not so much. But in the south, when I came here to college, I really got a nice, nice dose of colorism. I got called cute mm. to be dark skinned. Wow. You like, got called what? Say that. say that again. Cute to be dark skinned. Cute. Dark. I didn't know anything. I, I didn't even know what that was. I, I cussed the person out. They were like, well, I'm just giving you a compliment. I was like, no. That's, that's not, not a compliment. A compliment. Nope. Dark skin is hey, counter. Tell me I I'm mean... cute. But, he's, but he said cute to be dark skin instead of yeah, just telling her that yeah, she's cute. Yeah, I know what cute. she said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's trash. 
All right, it Black is. History Month is an annual observance, um, observance originating in the United States by Carter G. Woodson. It is also known as African American History Month. It has received official recognition from the government in the United States and Canada, and it has more recently been observed in Ireland and the UK. Uh, of course, we know that Black History Month is the month of February. Um, the significance to remember important people and events in the history of the African diaspora. How it's been observed for 54 years. That's I thought that was interesting because that's how old, that's how old I am. So it started when I was born, and it's been going for 54 years. Wow. Tonight. We have uh, two special people. I cannot even begin to read their um, resumes or CVs. Um, so I'm going to let them tell a, tell a little bit about themselves. But tonight we're going to be talking about Black Love for um, the first Wednesday in Black History Month. Uh, black Love by... Tamara Madison and Brother Yusuf. They are a married couple that I have known for eons. And Tamara Madison is a poet, a writer, a professor, um, a published author, an award-winning, just, she has pages and pages of, of, of achievements. Her husband, likewise, um, traveled all over the world. He's a certified life coach, a nutrition educator, a Reiki master, a reflexologist, um, graduate of the Institute for Divine Wisdom master's program. Uh, it, his his goes on and on. We don't even have enough time for it. I don't even. I want to get into it. So, welcome to the show. Brother Yusef, Sister Tamara, how are you all tonight? I am well, thank you. How is everybody? Very, very good. Very good. Can everybody see me? Oh, you see you or hear you? (laughs) He's trying to be funny. (laughs) (laughs) He's trying to shake up the energy uh a little bit. That's what he's doing. I saw y'all looking. Yeah, I, I did. I, I did. I did. Look. I, I, I had to go back to the to the to the thing, make sure we did. So what do we get video? Yeah, but on this platform, I was like, wait a minute. Greetings. Before um before you guys introduce and say a little bit about yourself, if you are calling in, um if you. Five one six four five three nine one one zero. The um, one sign. If you want to talk, I can see your hand up, and I will punch you in for any questions. All right, you guys, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you want our audience to know about you? I think well, you we did a good job too. of that. Yeah, I think you already did a good job of that. 
I don't know, with these seven pages of um Wow. Yeah, that's what I said. Wow. Yeah, they got Wikipedia's, right? Yeah, I'm looking up the Wikipedia on them now. They got long <laughs> Wikipedia's. Yeah. Extremely long. Um So tonight I I I named the the title of the show Poetic Love. Um what what does that when I when you hear the word or the words poetic love, what does that mean to you? Well, I'll answer. For me, poetic love speaks to a certain type and brand of love or expression of love. And when I think about poetry, I think about rhythm, I think about harmony, I think about the artistic way of explaining and describing a person, a place, a thing, or an event. So when you talk about a poetic love, you're being very descriptive about the type of love that you're engaged in or describing. That's what I think about when I hear poetic love. Poetic love, to me, represents the flavor that's involved in a love relationship a different aspect of love, a very expressive type of love, and also it's a love that's beyond description. They say a picture is worth a thousand words, but it takes more than thousands of words to really describe what love is. So when you say poetic love, it kind of includes all of those things. Sister Tamara. Yeah, that's deep. Right, that's what I do. <laughs> like, yeah, that's very can you hear me? Oh. oh, we can hear you now, yes. Okay, all right, I was just talking. I said, you better say that, baby. That was really good. Um, <laughs> huh. What what I would add, I mean, I would agree to everything he just said. Um, I think the only thing that I would add to it is that poetry has layers, right? There are the words and their literal meaning on the surface, and then there are those figurative meanings and the connotations behind the words, right? So I tell my students, you know, you have to read between the words and behind the lines when it comes to poetry. It's not just a surface level thing. And so, you know, I think it would be likewise with love. Poetry is also crafted. You know, it's not, mm, for a lot of us who take poetry seriously, it's not just a one-shot deal, right, where you just sit down and you write a flow and that's it. Most poets return to their work to refine it, you know, to make the imagery sharper, to make the feeling deeper, to make the work resonate, so that when you hear it, you not only hear it, but you experience it, right? Mm. So there's a level of crafting when it comes to poetry. And when you craft something, you pay attention to the details of it. So Mm. if you're talking about poetic love, you're talking about returning to it frequently 
to see just how good can it get and working mm. on it to see how good can oh it get God. and putting time into the craft of it instead mm-hmm. of just leaving it that one shot flow on the page. Mm. Damn, that's what I'm talking about. That's Damn. Deep. Yeah, that's very deep. I like that. I like that. Dope, dope, yeah, dope. I, I, yeah, that was dope. I like the idea Damn. of returning back to it, not the one shot thing. Yeah. That love is something that you Ooh. you re, you return back to because it Man. you never love real love. You can't never really get away from real love. Man, shoot, that could be the beginning of a uh, of a quiet storm song right there, boy. What she just said. Ooh, yes, man. that was wonderful. Man, so what what makes you an ex- expert on um, on on poetry? Practice, practice, mm-hmm. practice, and study, and reading, and then more practice. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. connecting with people who raise the bar for me, who push my levels, you know, with the skill, connecting to other writers and other poets that go, you know what, this word right here is flat. You can do better than that. Right? Um, that's what helps me be good at poetry. And I'll add one other thing. I was thinking about what Yusuf was saying about poetry, and I want to add that you cannot get any more equitable than poetry. You just can't. There is nothing on the planet more equitable than poetry, than God itself, because you can Mm -hmm. find a poem that touches or expresses anybody or anything in any situation. You just have to do the digging. Like a lot Mm. of people think that they don't like poetry. That's because they've never found a poem that speaks to them. Right. Right? But if you keep digging, I mean, I've seen poems about strippers on poles. I've seen poems about homeless people on the street. I've seen poems about, you know, a mother praying over a dead son. I've seen love poems that made me want to love my husband harder. So you can Mm. find a poem about anything. And likewise, people who think that they don't want to be in love or don't need love, they just haven't found the right love yet because love is equitable. Mm. Mm. But back back in the day wasn't the way to get a woman's attention was writing a poem. Mm. Oh, yes. Brother Yusef mm. did that. He's written me a poem <laughs> or two before. Oh, he might not have wanted me to tell you that, but I can think of at least two. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> don't act like you don't remember. Also, I get ready to get in trouble. Trouble. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's take a minute break for you all to listen to this right here. Poet's Consummation A Love Poem for Kaba. 
crashed the stone tablets of commandments, their dust blown to higher winds. I searched the darkest caves, made tombs my home, deciphered the writings on the walls to find you. Only in my stillness did you arrive. At last, I offer my scarred wounds, my loosed tongues, my asymmetry, my threed vision. Beloved, within me, there is no place you may not enter. Like your precious, 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 prec
I do it every time. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. I am your host, uh, Letitia Dorsey Magaha, and I am, we are back. Um, we are, we have special guests tonight, um, Brother Youssef and Tamara Madison. We are talking about poetic love, love. We are talking about love in context of poetry, in context of black history, in context of love and it, and itself. I, I'm all, I feel all poetic right now. So um, welcome back. So to my guest, I want to ask, where is the intersection for you guys of love and black people? Wow, I'll take that one first. For me, as far as an intersection, I don't know if I would call it an intersection because I see them very much interlinked and connected, Black people and love. There's a lot of banter about the term Black these days and how it's derogatory negative and that type of thing. But that's what happened when we allow other people to define the terms that we use. For me, when I think of the word black, I think of the essence from which all things come. It's not a color. It's the essence from which all things come, all colors come. Everything starts in the womb of blackness and darkness. Everything that we see in the light has come out of darkness. Everything that we see above the ground has come from beneath the ground in a state of darkness. Every flicker, every idea that we have comes out of darkness or blackness. So when I think of blackness and when I think of love, I think of them both being joined together because you can make the argument that that's also the origin of the word love. They say love is also a synonym for God. And God is the beginning or the creator, and that's very much the vibration of love. So when we think about black people and the idea of love, I see them as very much related one to another. And I also think that we have to do a better job of showing, displaying, and expressing that love to our people Mm. and starting with Mm. the intimate relationship that we're in and even going further, mm. starting with ourselves. Mm. Mm. Very true. That's yeah. As you were as you were speaking, I was thinking um, that that really is the answer um, because we we have gone. You know, when you look at the, in the media and you look at um, TV and the movies. We are now interchanging sex and love for the same thing, right? Um, as I talk to the to the young people at, at my job, they really are lost on what love is because it's not being displayed enough for them. It's not being shown enough for them. It's not being – there's nothing – no example – well, I would say no example, but there are not a lot of examples – and we are giving them plenty of examples of other things, and then we expect right. them to understand something different. 
when we are showing mm-hmm. them something, how are they going to get something out of nothing? Mm-hmm. But to display that love, like real love, like real love, that that's something else. Um, if you are listening and you want to call in, it's 516-453-9110. And we have a caller on the line. Uh, 924, did you have something that you wanted to say? Uh, okay. 4-4-9-2-4-5-4-6-9. Your hand is up. Okay. We'll, we'll come back. Hey, everybody. Oh, hello. I, I guess I'm going to say good evening. This is um, Denise. I don't know why my hand was up, but good evening, everybody. Okay, good evening, Denise. Thank you for joining us this evening on our topic of poetic love. Sister Tamara, what, what, what is your commentary on that? I just thought it was a very odd question because I mm-hmm. I, I did not see an intersection between black and love. I just thought that that was really off-putting for me. Like, wait a minute, what do you mean mm-hmm. intersection? Like, like they crash and run into each other and then run away? Like, that was what mm-hmm. I thought of when I thought of intersection, like intersecting lines. In mathematics, they cross at one point for a brief second, and then they go in different directions. That's, that's mm-hmm. you know, um, what a mathematic intersection is. And then, you know, when people talk about it with regards to issues, they talk about the point of intersection. But the bottom line is they are vectors or lines that keep going beyond that. And so being the left brain right person that I am I immediately thought what do you mean intersection like I I thought that that was just the most bizarre question so when you said immediately said I wouldn't call it an intersection the first thing I thought was me either to me it was like they I don't know like 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 they're one Hmm. that was all Hmm. I was thinking Well, it's, it's it's super interesting for me. Like I said, like the kids, they don't. It it is an intersection for them, you know. And I have a young lady uh, at work right now. She thinks her parents hate her. I mean, and mm. I'm not. She's not like. I mean, she's serious, and the situation is serious. So when she talks to me about it, it's not. Um, I can see how she feels that way, you know. I assure her that her parents love her, but the what they are showing her and displaying is not that. Um, it's not love, and so for her, it is an intersection. It isn't. It isn't even parallel. It doesn't even run side by side for her. It is like mm-hmm. oh, a brief intersection, and then it's off in another direction for her. And you know, I think. As black people, um, we could do a lot of we could do we could we could use the 
I think we could stand to do some work in 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 the very things that you guys are talking about in the way that Brother Yusef talked about it. I think we could do a lot of of work in that area. Oh yeah, I I, yeah. I can um I can say that as well too because a lot it's a lot of brothers out here thinking that they really getting through to their you know their 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 you know their their girlfriend or wife or something they ain't really doing nothing right mm-hmm. yeah you can tell when you enter when you see couples and you ask questions you can see who's off who who's not adjusting mm-hmm. to what the other one's saying you can mm-hmm. pick that up if you if you're real good you know what I mean? They're picking up vibes. Right. I'm like, oh yeah, they 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 not they faking it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So DJ Sean is a vibe detector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey man, got got to be you, sir. Till I get like you one day. When I get like you, I ain't gotta be like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that we all like the the more um, clear you are within yourself, the more clear you are outside of yourself. You know, when you have a lot of stuff going on and you are um, clouded and your your vibe is clouded, you know, you cannot really you can't really catch a vibe on somebody else, not accurately, because right. you are really seeing yourself. You are really, mm-hmm. you know, seeing your own vibe, but you think it's other people, but and you constantly think it's other people, and you constantly project, but it really is yourself until you, you right. know, do a lot of clear. It's a lot of clearing um, for us my, born into this world. My my grandfather used to say, "You gotta clean before you clean up outside. You gotta clean up inside first. Absolutely. Okay. Clean, what's that song? That clean sweep around your own front door. Well, mm-hmm. no, it's no, it's a clean up what I messed up. Start my life all over again. Oh, I thought it was a sweep around your own front door. Yeah, yeah, two different songs, yeah. but the meaning is the same. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, brother Yusef and uh, sister Tamara, how, how long have you guys been married? Hey. Okay, I'll <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Somebody getting sit down we've tonight been, to talk to. <laughs> we've been married 18 going on 19 this year. That's what oh, I was wow. going to say. I was going to say 18. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was right this time. <laughs> oh, you're the one that gets it wrong. Usually, it usually the men get it wrong. Know. Right. Uh oh, this is something to talk about on Monday nights, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, lady, y'all didn't do nothing to help me out. I don't appreciate that. I'm just gonna make it very clear. That's John. Sean's doing whatsoever. that. <laughs> Antonio, Antonio, that's that's Monday's topic next month. 
Yeah, a shout out to um, mandatory adjustment. Monday yes, night. Yes. What what time? Monday night fit. Monday o'clock. Uh, seven seven p.m. Eastern Eastern Standard Time. Okay, seven p.m. Monday. Uh, it, it's um. From my understanding, I try, you know, I try to like leave the house or, you know, move away from the, from the mandatory adjustments, uh, space so they can be free. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. Be free. <laughs> so now I see why Antonio be all into it because you're not there now. Let me see. <laughs> Listen, I I am into equal opportunity because when I want to, like you know, people need they the people do need personal space without um yeah. even yeah. as a spouse. I've I've really found mm-hmm. that as a spouse, I try not to be um overly intrusive. Because everybody needs mm-hmm. personal space, and I don't have to know yeah. everything. Like it is, I, it's not my everything is not my business. Um, mm-hmm. And and he and Antonio is very open handed with any information, and I likewise. But I think it's super respectful. We respect people more outside of our homes sometimes than we do inside of our homes. And yeah. um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know why that is, but. Yeah, I think, you know, I think people should be super respectful of the people you say you love. Yeah. So before we get to the music, oh, go ahead, Sean. No, I was going to say, is there a poem for that, uh, Yusuf? You the man. Is there a poem for that topic, what she just said? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, my wife is the poet. She's the poet. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, Miss, is there a is there a poem for that? With uh, what Tishy just said. Um, no, not that I can think of at the moment. Okay. Not not that I can think of at the moment. So before I went to my um, music break, I played um, I played a poem. Would you like to talk about and tell us? about that poem that I played? Sure. It's, um, I mean, obviously it's a love poem and it is a love poem about the journey to find that kind of love. Um, Obviously there's biblical energy, uh, imagery, I'm sorry, in there about, you know, the writing on the wall and uh, the tablets and all of that kind of stuff. Um, But the last stanza is all about trust. And I guess trust Mm -hmm. is actually related to what you were talking about when you ask, is there a poem for this? And the, the stanza, beloved within me, there is no place you cannot enter. That's an awful lot of trust. Mm. That means that you can always come in and you can come in any place. And for that to happen, there has to be a great deal of trust there. And so it's um, a love poem 
again, about something that was very, very hard to find and the journey to finally getting to that absolute and unconditional trust. Trust is a great topic. What what would you say in terms of love and and us as black people I still even um coming out of post slavery um kind of mindsets, trust is something that, that is talked about a lot. How have you all um nurtured trust within your relationship and what would you tell others um who may be having a difficult time with that? What what are some things that you would Tell someone else about trust and love and relationships. Oh, I'll take that one first. Um, I think for for me personally, one of the greatest things that I had to understand is that, you know, trust is overrated because mm-hmm. we are always focused on trust in a person, right? And the first thing that I need to trust is that Whatever happens in this space, if I fall, I believe there is something that will catch me. If Mm. I am broken, I believe that there is something greater than me that will help me put myself back together again. Mm. And that's Mm. not the other person, right? Mm. That is my source, the thing that made me, and that needs to be the first trust. And I think the biggest problem is we're putting so much trust in a human person who is going to make mistakes and be fallible anyway, that we forget there's a greater trust above the two of us, right? That's what I need to trust first. And if I trust Mm. that first and understand that we are both human, we're both going to mess up, we're both going to hurt each other sometimes unintentionally or unknowingly, but we're going to be able to mend it and heal it and get past it because of something that is greater than us. Um, Mm. I think that that's Mm. the formula. And everything else is just practice. You get better Mm. at it as a result of practice. Trust Mm. is built based based on practice. It's not, I mean, you know, we like Mm. to have this. We have this fallacy of, oh, my God, I just met him and I automatically trusted him. There was just something about him. No, no. <laughs> right. Because he's right. human right. and stuff is going to happen, right? What I trust mm-hmm. first is that whatever happens in this space between me and this person, I'm going to survive it. That's what mm-hmm. I trust first. And then all yeah. of the rest, we're going to practice. And we're going to get better at it as we go along. And then mm. I would say the other part of that is asking questions and not assuming. I mean, there are times when I've had to ask mm. Yusuf something, you know, more than once. And he'll look at me and go, Tim, we've talked about this. I'm like, yeah, I know we talked about it, but I need to hear it again. Like, I may need reinforcements, and I'm not ashamed of asking for a reinforcement or asking for clarification so that my mind and my imagination don't go someplace and Mm -hmm. project something that it doesn't need to, because that Mm -hmm. can get in the way of trust as well, when we don't speak up and we don't ask certain things. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. So, Tim, how long, I'm sorry, what? 
No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Because I, I was going to say. I, I was. No, go ahead, go ahead, Antonio. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask her how long how long did it take her in terms of, you know, her perspective on trust. How long did it take her to really to, to get that understanding for herself? Or was it something she just kind of always, you always had? <laughs> the honest answer to that question is the fact that I survived the relationship before you stepped. I was like, okay. what can mm-hmm. I not do at this point? Mm-hmm. You know that. what I'm saying? Ooh. It's like if I can, if I can, you know, survive that, mm-hmm. then whatever's going to happen in here, I'm going to be able to handle this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that was the first thing. Um, but mm-hmm. after that, it was not what he said. It was the way that he moved, mm-hmm. the way he would follow through on things the way he would circle back to things, um, the way that he would hold things and return to them. So, so for example, there are times when, I, I know this is a binary perspective, but I'm going to say it anyway. There are times when a woman is very pressed about an issue, and she really wants mm-hmm. to talk to you about it, right? And you're just not there. It's like, look, I, I just came in from work. I did, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, you're not there, and you don't want to talk about it. One of the reasons mm-hmm. why women will press in a moment like that is one, because it's something that's really bothering them. But two, they don't trust that you'll come back around to it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And very often, mm-hmm. you know, a man will not say, "Baby, okay, listen, let me just get in the house, take my shoes off, right quick." And let me do this, that, and the other, and let's talk about it after dinner, right? A lot of the time, mm-hmm. men don't do that, and they don't circle back around. And so we don't trust that the issue is going to be handled or that it's going to be treated or that that energy is going to be nurtured. So we push and push and push, and very often, you know, we cross some lines that we mm-hmm. probably shouldn't. So I'm saying that to mm-hmm. say that he was really good about, like, really talking things through, especially in the early stages. I was really impressed by that, too, right? Because there'd be stuff that I wasn't mm-hmm. interested in talking about or that, you know, I didn't feel the need <laughs> to talk about. But he felt the need to be very thorough about certain things mm. and laying mm. a certain kind of groundwork. And I'm like, mm. all right, then. Okay, you know what I'm saying? And so the laying Mm -hmm. of that groundwork, especially the fact that it was done by him, Mm -hmm. to me, started really, really building that trust. Because when a woman tries to push that groundwork and a brother's Mm -hmm. not ready, it Mm -hmm. really doesn't work. It can start off rolling that way for him to get what he really wants, and then it crumbles and falls apart because it can't be held. He has to be in that space before she ever comes along. Right. Right. And so that helped to really lay a strong foundation of that trust. So how how long was it before you trust what he was telling you? I mean, y'all, 18 years, going on 19. How long in the relationship did you trust what he was telling you or, you know, communicating with you about? Um, I don't have like 
a set number or a date or years. Mm. But I would say that it was definitely very early on because I mm-hmm. saw his consistency with other mm. people and other relationships. It wasn't just about mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've said before that one of the things that attracted to me to him and made me take him seriously was the way he chose to walk the earth, right? The way he governs mm. himself, period, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. wait a minute. This is something different. You know what I'm saying? That caught my <laughs> eye. Right. But it also laid a groundwork for me to go, okay, wait a minute. I need to respond to that differently. And so it wasn't mm. just about his actions towards me. It was about his actions towards other people and other things and watching the consistency of that, as well as observing the consistency between the two of us. So that happened really mm. early on. Okay, wow. At least for me it did. Now, I don't know how he would answer that question, but for me it did. <laughs> you you said the honeymoon's over with now, right? <laughs> <laughs> the honeymoon is everlasting. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Did you want to respond? Um, did you have anything you wanted to respond to that? Tish, what can I respond after that? (laughs) (laughs) What? What I will say is this. I will say this. (laughs) Tamara always does a great job of presenting from the perspective of really looking into the inequalities that I'm striving to continue Mm. to live up to on a daily basis. Mm. But really, she is the one that really sets the environment and really makes a house a home and really mm-hmm. makes it possible for a lot of the trust issues that we go through to be successfully navigated. Mm-hmm. And trust is a two-way street. You know, it's yes, the man has to come with a certain amount of training, understanding, and discipline with respect to trust, relationships, and understanding of themselves. But if the woman is not ready and receptive to that, then Mm -hmm. it's going to be very difficult to walk together. Tamara was already in a place where she was receptive and ready to move forward in that way. And some of Mm. it, of course, was looking at and experiencing what she experienced in a previous relationship and seeing something different and me doing the same thing. So we were able to come together and meet each other at the right time and work together so that we can build a life built on trust and a foundation that will spring us forward into the future. Trust itself is an ongoing process. It's not a one and done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's something mm-hmm. that you have to continue to work on. And one of the questions that was was asked was, how do we talk about trust with respect to our community and with respect to black people and love and that type of thing? One of the things that I would say with respect to that is a lot of the trust that we had between one another, male and female, has been fractured. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And it's been fractured as a result of so many different reasons, but one, of course, coming out of slavery and what we endured as a result of that. But when we look at statistics and stuff, the family really didn't begin to break down, even after all of that. We really didn't begin to break down until maybe the 70s. That's when you began to see the divorce rates go up and, and you know, that type of thing in the 80s. But, you know, that doesn't mean that people was just sticking it out together <laughs> to stay married. But at the same time, there was a fracture in the trust. And it became mm-hmm. and is becoming today a me against you type of battle, a man mm-hmm. against a woman type of battle. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we have to really repair that trust between one another. And the only way to do that is to be the expression of that trust. Mm. And yeah. then mm. if someone sees that, like Tamara saw that in me and I see that in her, then that would be a place as a junction or intersection, as Tish said earlier, where the two can come together and meet and move forward from that per- from that point. But the two people have to be prepared to make that walk together and be in a place where mm-hmm. they can actually do that. Mm-hmm. So, what, so what if a person... Oh, no, nah, I'm just going to uh, say, somebody if, go get them collection plates out and go ahead and put them down <laughs> right. in the <laughs> Preaching right. tonight, he is preaching. Yes, Ooh, I'm loving yeah. it. They preaches. Good Lord. So I, have, I have a question. Um, and a lot of times, like, um, of course, since I have a, I, I intersect or I, with a lot of people, especially young people. What, what would you call, and what is the solution when one person is ready, and another person isn't ready? Mm. Mm. Should you mm, good question. Next. 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 <laughs> <laughs> next. Next. Damn. I know that's right. Okay. Don't waste that's no time. Uh-huh. Okay. And and not and, and not at all not at all out <laughs> of frustration or anger or resentment, but oh, I'm so glad that you let me know you're not ready. Okay. Next. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. That, that's the why way we that we have to look at that. Why Why are we going to be mad about it? Why right. are we going to be mad about it? If, if I encounter a person and I'm very, very clear that that person is in fifth grade and I'm looking for somebody that's on the graduate level, why am I going to be mm-hmm. mad at you for being in fifth grade? Mm-hmm. I know that's mm-hmm. right. Oh, yeah. And if I do get mad and I do get upset about that, then that means that I don't really believe that I can find someone on the graduate level. Mm. That's wow. right. Or, or, even, and or I may even not that be- you deserve that you deserve somebody on the graduate yeah. level. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It all starts with and, and all yep. of that. I, 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 I was thinking when you said was talking, I was thinking again about the term poetic love and paying attention to detail, right? Think about the language. Poetry pays a lot of attention to diction and language. Think about the language that is used in the black community about couples. Well, I'm going to play him before he plays me. You better mm-hmm. watch out before you get played. First of all, why are we playing in the first place? Right. Like, this whole idea of me trumping you before you trump me, all mm. of that language in our community, this thing about keeping it gangster. Really? We're going to keep it mm. gangster? 
You right. know, for this thing about big pimping. Really? Is that what mm. we're going to do? Mm. Right. And you know, wherever there's a pimp, there's a... Okay. And not only that, but I had an old school G tell me one time that every pimp has been a at some point Mm. or another. Right? So when you look at the language that we're using right now to frame our relationships and our behavior with one another, it's all skewed Mm. and it's all off and all of that has to change. And if I am really going to approach this intersection in love and say, okay, you know what, regardless as to what your motive is, I'm not going to play you. I'm just not going to do that. Then I really, really, really have to have a strong connection to this divine and believe that the divine is going to hold me regardless of what that person does. So it circles right. back right around to the same thing. The same thing mm-hmm. it circles back to the first trust, being with spirit and being with the divine, and then everything moves forward from there. Mm-hmm. Then I don't have to worry about getting played because mm-hmm. I'm not playing the game in the first place. Right. Wow. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. So, I I have a question. So to the person, because, you know, what I listen to you, and I, of course, you know, having a, a very personal relationship with both you and um, you and Yusuf Tish and I um, as friends and you guys as mentors for us, um, what you guys are sharing is very much a, um, a higher level of consciousness and understanding in terms of love and, and all that it entails. What would you say to a person who like they're not there yet and they're looking for like where to start. Like where do I even start to even get to a, this understanding where I can begin to value myself and be able to be in a position where I can find that person that value, values me equally and that operates, you know, on the same level of higher um, level of love and understanding that, I, that I'm trying to, to pursue or, or operate on. What would you say to that person or person? Yusuf, you go first with that one. Okay. What I would say is (laughs) first you have to start with yourself. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we're looking outside for something that we haven't developed Mm -hmm. inside, and it's not going to be attracted to us outside of ourselves until we develop it inside of ourselves. One of the things that we suffer from most is a very low self-esteem and opinion of self. And we're experiencing mm. a lot of um, self-hate and mm-hmm. body image issues and all of these things that we're experiencing. And it comes mostly from social media where mm-hmm. we have to augment what we are physically in order to be accepted. Mm. We have mm-hmm. to augment the way that we present ourselves if we want a particular type of job or to fit into society. So in order for me to fit in, I have to negate who I am and what I am and become something different or paint something on, glue something on, or what have you, so that I can be accepted in society and look a certain type of way. That's an mm-hmm. internal issue with respect to I don't really feel love within myself mm-hmm. in a deep enough space. 
So I'm going to go out and see if I can find somebody out there that's going to represent that love to me, and then Mm -hmm. I will have it. But it doesn't work that way. You have to have it first. Then you go out and find somebody, or you go out and attract yourself to someone and someone is attracted to you who matches the frequency and the vibration that you're moving on. So Mm -hmm. the point is the people that you're meeting are the people that's on the frequency and the vibration that you're that on. You're on. Mm. And the way Ooh. that you change that is by developing yourself, finding that love within yourself, finding out what's moving mm-hmm. you, what inspires you, and constantly feed that, inundate that throughout your whole system. I don't care what you're using, whether it's affirmations, whether it's music, whatever it is, you have to literally mm-hmm. fill yourself with that. And then mm-hmm. as you do that, You'll be prepared, and then you'll be prepared for the person that's coming into your life. Oh, you better say that. Mm. Yeah, he's preaching. Definitely preaching. Yes, I love it. I love it because he's telling the absolute truth. It is the truth, and it's very hard to accept that the people who are attracted to you are actually vibrating you and that person those people are vibrating in the same like you don't like you be like oh man these people and this isn't not just your romantic relationships your friendships all kinds of that's stuff. anybody like, right oh, anybody you like man they are such assholes you gotta go hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> right mm. but i find it's like you the change you want to see that, that's, that's just makes sense to me. It's no other way. There's no other way. And once you get on the other side of it, you will see there's no other way. Right. There's no other way. And um, so that that was good. We're gonna. It's uh, ten oh four. We're gonna take a, um, a a small break. You have been listening to Brother Youssef. Joseph L. Jones and Tamara Madison talking about poetic love. We'll be back in a minute. The very little thing that you do, do, do. Yeah, I saw you in the vivid dream. Remind me of an angel in disguise. Stevie Wonder Vision rivers in the sky. All I seek in the future is you and I. Melanated queen, mahogany sunshine. Let me embrace that love one time. Deep physical, spiritual essence, never literal, still loving your miracle blessings, girl with you, your intellectual balance, we overcoming any challenge, flirtations, make me want to tap inside that allure, my backbone in this cold world, keeping it pure, queen beside a king, that's what we endure, we got each other for real, keep moving it for, this about you, cause I appreciate us, build the foundation of trust, Can't wait to the storm That's what make us, us so Different is 
our differences within every day. New experience, so sentiment. Yes, I'm feeling it, genuine. Pure bliss, baby girl, we live it and receive while I'm giving it intimate, so intricate. Message deep, and you know how I'm sending it. Connected by my body and soul. Control when I explode. Black love. Period. 
So I just decided, okay, well, I'm going to have some real good company in the meantime and at least be practicing and working on skills or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In the meantime. <laughs> Seriously, and it was, you know, and I, 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 I if it had, if it happened, that was going to be fine. If it didn't happen, I was gonna have me a real, real good time until I left here, anyway, one way or another. And so, for that reason, it was not forced. It was a natural mm-hmm. growth and a natural evolution, and we have to believe that. We have to believe that quote-unquote, marriage may not be the best thing for everybody, but there are mm-hmm. other kinds of companionships. Sometimes people live in separate houses, and they never get mm-hmm. married, but they share certain things or whatever. And so, again, it's the equitability. It's not mm-hmm. going to look the same for everybody. And we have mm-hmm. to trust that if we do that inner work, it's going to evolve just as it should instead of us mm. trying to patch something together, like Yusuf was saying, mm. that really isn't who we are. It's something, mm. it's an image that we're chasing after. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Wow. I'm glad mm. um, this is recorded, and this is, uh, shoot, I, have to, I might have to patch this up to Sally. <laughs> oh wow! I'm steady talking, and my my I'm on mute. <laughs> I was I was asking, uh, how long were you how long were you single between between your first marriage and then marrying Yusuf? How long were, how long did you you know were you were you by your yeah single? Um, I think it was. Maybe twelve or thirteen years. Oh wow! Something like that. Yeah, it was wow. a good little minute. It was a good little minute. Mhm. Yeah, that's the reason why everybody was so shocked when they saw that I was getting married. Because you know, it wasn't like that was something that I was on a mission or anything. So a lot <laughs> of people were very, very surprised. Um. So yeah, it was a good twelve or thirteen years. Hmm. Wow. Okay, so okay. what you really well, thinking? Because I heard that. Mm, what were you really thinking when you said that? <laughs> I, I, I just, I personally, I was just thinking about um, the time and space between um, what people do have between relationships and what they do with that time and space. Um, mm-hmm. I. I just like you. I wasn't interested in being married again either. I like, I really was not interested in being married ever again. And so the difference between, because um, I meet a lot of young younger women, you know, in their thirties, late twenties, and their thirties, and they like, I want to be married. I want to be married. And I'm like, there are two different things. There is, I want mm-hmm. to be married, and or. I want to be married to this person. And some people, mm. there's a there's a difference. Some people just want to get married, and getting married is easy. You really, it really right. isn't that hard to just get married th- at all. But do you want to just be married? Because marriage, once you're inside of marriage, it could be heaven or really literally hell. Hell, and right. And if you, 
if you've been inside of a hellacious marriage, that's not something you want that you have, you're thrilled or it want interested at all in going back to. Right. Mm-hmm. So the question that I, you know, pose to, to people, like, do you just want to get married or do you want to marry a particular person for particular reasons? And what are those reasons and why? Do you want to just say you married just so you can say you married? Right. So that's what I was thinking when you said, when you were paused. What um, what, um things do things you think, you that, think uh, that uh are are I'm sorry I can hear an echo my my phone um what would be some things that you would recommend like specifically like you know let's do the cosmopolitan one two three what are three things you would recommend for someone who is looking for love. I would say the first thing on my list is what Yusuf already said, is really having a very intimate and very loving relationship with yourself. Hmm. And it doesn't mean that you let yourself get away with anything. It really does mean that you challenge yourself to expand and Hmm. grow Um, You don't accept mediocrity from yourself. You discover what your gifts are and what you Mm -hmm. have to offer. You're clear about that. And you also have a certain clarity around what you need, and you act like you know it, right? Because Mm -hmm. one of the things that I've learned is I show my husband and my children and my family how to love me by the way that I treat myself, Mm -hmm. not by the conversations that we have, right? So if I'm constantly complaining about, baby, I need you to do this, I need you to do that because I'm tired, well, that's a conversation. What I need to do is give myself a nap. Mm -hmm. Take a nap and let everybody Mm -hmm. understand, hey, I'm about to go lay down right now. This is about to be my self-love and my self-care. I'm going to get with y'all in a minute. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to understand mm-hmm. what it is that I need, right? I need to exemplify how I need to be loved, but I've got to discover what that is first and be practicing mm-hmm. that myself, you know, before trying to convince anybody else of it. Mm. I, I like what you mm-hmm. said that trying to convince someone else of it. Right. I think, you know, that really hit me in a particular spot because a lot of us, like myself, so when as children we have not um, interpreted love, you know, in the way mm. that that we could receive it, right? So, you know, most, most of the time, 99% of the time, parents love children, right? Now, if parents are not speaking love, the love language of the child, it may 
again, like I said earlier, it may feel like an intersection. The child may not receive because you haven't spoken their language. You know, you don't know what their love language is. You just know you love them, but it's somehow missing a mark, right? And so now you grow up and you spend in your life trying to um, convince somebody to love you. And, mm, and it's not even with yeah. words. You know, you're not even saying it with words. You're, you're With actions, please love me. Yeah. Please love me. Because you haven't gotten yeah. that love from as a child. Please love me. And, and that's what I see as a, a lot of adults, you know, just really crying out for love because they haven't received it from being a child. Right. Yeah, but that it still goes back to that piece of doing that personal work. Yeah. Right, as an adult. The divine. Because if, 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 if my father couldn't give it to me, he couldn't give it to me. Why am I right. going to ask somebody in a wheelchair to run upstairs and get me a glass of water? Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. We have to stop asking things of people when they have clearly shown to us that that's not where mm. they are or that it, or they're not capable of it. So right. that doesn't mean that we're never going to get it. We just have to stop expecting it to come from a particular place. Mm-hmm. If we right. really believe that God is the all-knowing creator and all-being and the infinite, then why is it that we feel like love is only going to come from a particular place at a particular time, in a particular way. Mm. And when you said something about love languages, the first thing that popped in my mind is love is multilingual. Yeah. Mm. Period. Love is multilingual. Mm -hmm. And so after a certain point, if you're really invested in love, you have to learn each other's love languages. And mm. you have to practice them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have to, it, it, it takes practice and it takes study. Mm-hmm. Instead of expecting that somebody is going to speak to you in Italian, you learn the new mm. language. Right. Be willing to meet them. Have perfect example is Yusuf does not, he does not, Say, oh my God, baby, you look so beautiful. That's not his language. He'll say, oh, I see you got a new dress on. Mm. <laughs> and he'll be watching right. you move around the house all evening long. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or he might walk in the kitchen and he might bump my shoulder just to let me know he's paying attention. That's his love language. I had to learn that. I right. had to learn that, and I had to be willing to meet that halfway. Likewise, it's, I'm sure that there were certain things that I did that were demonstrative of love that he might not have even recognized himself in the early stages. Like, why is he mm-hmm. doing that? You know what I'm saying? We have to learn each other's language. But it still goes back to trust and believing, and that starts with the self-love first. Mm, yeah. That's, yeah. you said a whole lot of things. <laughs> That's a, a whole lot of things. Mm. Hmm. Yes, good stuff. So, 
Sister Tamara, do you? Uh, we're gonna take a little small music break. Do you? Do you have a poem that you want to share with us when we come back? Oh, I forget about that. Yes, I will find something for you. Okay, we're gonna take a a, a little small music break, and when we come back, we'll listen to uh, some poetry. See, I've been watching you for a while, smiling stuff, but I know I can be with you for the night. Alright, that alright, baby, baby. Uh, 
All right. Welcome back to the Lifestyle Radio. I am your hostess, host, Letitia Dorsey Magaha, and it is February the 7th, and we have been really engaged in a conversation about love, poetic love, I call this show. Um, It's Black History Month. We talked about the intersection or non-intersection of of love and black people with our guest Joseph Jones Jr. and Tamara Madison. Um, Before we uh, get into this poem, um, Brother Youssef, would you like to uh, tell people how they can reach you? Uh, He is a certified life coach and he has an enormous amount of tools that he has studied and learned. Um, I myself personally have benefited from this brother and his knowledge and wisdom. It's on another level. That's all I can say. So if you are out there and you really have searched a lot of different and uh, went down a lot of different pathways, but haven't quite found the thing that gets you to where you need to be, I highly recommend um, reaching out to Brother Youssef. Brother Youssef, you want to tell people how to reach you? Well, I'm not hard to find. I could be reached on, uh, what is it called, IG, at The Mound Builder, one word, The Mound Builder, on IG. I can also be reached by email at moundbuilder, the number four, life, at gmail.com. Or I could be seen on my website for those who are looking for me there. The website is called Inner Wisdom Inspiration. InnerWisdomInspiration.com. That's my developing website, and those are the places that I can be found via social media and website. Awesome. Can you tell me the awesome. – oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Can you tell me uh, the email one more time, please? The email is moundbuilder, M-O-U-N-D-B-U-I-L-D-E-R, the number uh-huh. four, and then okay. life, L-I-F-E, at Gmail. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to do better with this whole social media stuff. It's okay. I'm just trying to get all the information written down. (laughs) (laughs) Tamara, where can can somebody reach you? Where can you be located, found? I think Tamara is busy seeking to discover the right poetry piece to present. Okay. Okay. All right. We, we'll let her do that. Um, do I found him on people, IG. Oh, you found him on IG? What yeah. Your special, I just followed him. <laughs> oh, Brother Yusef, you want to tell, tell our listeners um, what some of your specialties are? Oh, specialties. Wow. Yes, sir. Well, some of the things that I do is life coaching, 
And my emphasis on what they call life coaching, I'm not so much a fan of a lot of the different terms that we use, but for the sake of argument and understanding, it's life coaching. And I focus more on inner development and bringing forth your inner wisdom, your inner talents, so that you can see and identify what your gifts are and use them to the best of your ability. That's the Mm. most important thing. A lot of the blockages that we are experiencing in life is as a result of the talents and the gifts and the skills that we have that we are not using. So Mm. what I try and do is help us to uncover what those gifts are and then maximize those gifts so that they don't go to the grave with us. Like Les Brown says, the grave is the richest place on earth because Mm. it is there that all of the talents and the gifts are buried in the grave. We don't want to be those types of people. We want to be the ones that actually utilize what it is that we've been given. And that's how we show our appreciation and gratitude to the creator for what we've been given. So that's basically what my focus is. I also do some health and healing modalities as well and readings as well also. So those are some nice. things that I I can I ask a question, Leticia? Sorry. Oh, oh, absolutely. Interject. oh no, ma'am. So absolutely. I <laughs> No, I'm so I'm so intrigued because like the like uh, I heard in the beginning, like he's a re, are you, you're a Reiki healer, or you do Reiki? Yes, I do practice Reiki. Yes. Okay, so yeah, that's something that I'm very. And are you located in Atlanta or somewhere else? No, I'm in the House of the Mouse. I'm down here in Orlando. Okay, <laughs> House of the Mouse. I like it. I like yeah, it. Do you that's right do you you being in Orlando, like how do you, with your sessions, are they in person? Can they how how do you because 'cause I'm so look, I'm so interested. <laughs> so I'm trying to find out the information. Well, I do in person. I also do online phone calls, all of the Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. 'Cause I'm I'm in a I'm in Georgia. I'm in Augusta, so I'm about seven oh, okay. hours. Yeah. Awesome. Listen, Thank sis, you, so you cannot go wrong. You cannot go wrong, but I promise you. You I promise. Uh brother Youssef has been at just um throwing wisdom my way for many, many years and it has absolutely um there are some things that have just both of them that my, it has just changed my life, you know? So Right. I can I can tell by what how they're talking and and the things that he's talking about, it's like on the same wavelength and the same vibrations that I'm on. I mm-hmm. I just need to be able to get that just a little bit of a of a push, just so mm-hmm. it's like okay, this is where I am. Okay, I know that there's more, you know, because mm-hmm. of course we're never done, you know, until the day we lose, mm-hmm. until we you know leave this this realm. So I I know that there's more. So I just want to continue, but. I wanted to. I want to be able to kind of get everything. You know how you just want to have it silent, so that you can pursue mm-hmm. and do what you need to, so that you can be your best self. That's where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm yeah. Right, I'm sorry to hear. Um, 
No, he said it's a perfect it's a perfect place to be. Quiet. Yeah. Yes, I love quiet. <laughs> I absolutely do. I don't even like being around people. I mean, I have to be around people, but I, you know, I'd rather be in solace. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Let's um take one more music break, and when we come back, um, we'll be ready for our for our poem.
Welcome back to Be Lifestyle Radio. I'm your host, um, Letitia Dorsey Magaha. We have uh, about 20 minutes left in our show, and if you are out there listening and you want to ask a question, call in at 516-453-9110. Push the number one, and your hand will be raised, and I will let you in to ask your question. Uh, we have been really enjoying our special guest tonight, uh, Brother Youssef and Sister Tamara. They have just absolutely enlightened us tonight um, on this first Wednesday of Black History Month. Uh, I call it the Love Month. It's some things. I, I'm so excited that this is recorded so I can go back and listen Brother Youssef said some things in the very beginning about being born out of darkness into the light that just, I have to go back and chew on it a little bit more. Um, thank you all for who, uh, thank you everyone who's been listening. Um, Queen Azuri, she's been on with me tonight. And uh, Sean and Antonio, appreciate you. Denise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I see my cousin Greta. Uh, I, I think she's on here. Let me see. Greta, are you out there? Do, is that you listening? And that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening tonight. Have you enjoyed the show so far? Every minute of it. It is. It's, it, it's been. It's been great. I, I think my mother-in-law's on. I see a six six two six five six. I know that six six two was Mississippi. Um, everyone who has been listening, I appreciate you. Uh, my friend Trina, she been texting me, enjoying the show and the music. My niece Tyler, thank you for listening. And anyone else who has been listening, I appreciate. Every single one of you all, this month is going to be full of culture and, well, I think every month is full of culture, but Black History Month is very special to us, even though, of course, as African Americans, we, every day is Black History, but um, it's very important to uphold and up. The, the traditions and the things that we and our ancestors had to really uh, literally get out of the mud. So, you know, I don't have any, anything negative to say about black history month. Let's, let's get this in. And, and our children, I work with kids, middle school kids. They are clueless. They are clueless. Mm. And it's, uh, it's really a shame. I asked, I asked them about Black History Month. They were looking at me like clueless. Didn't know what the Harlem Renaissance was. I I'm just I'm just disappointed in our educational system. But I gave them a real quick lesson um, on it. So each one teach one is definitely a mess. A, 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 a quote that I, I really believe in that we can't just talk about. We just can't live a life. We have to teach people because there's still plenty to be taught. So I am very appreciative of my guest tonight. Sister Tamara, have you um, found that peace? 
No, I did not find that piece. So evidently that piece was not the piece that I was supposed to be doing, but I found something for you. I can you hear me? I can. I've been listening okay. to um, this sister recite and read and birth poetry for years. I, what I've known you for what? 30 years? Yeah. Oh, wow. Almost. Yeah. yeah, almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost 30 years. And I, when she reads her works, it's like, for me, it's like sitting down at the table and enjoying a delicious meal. That's how, that's just how juicy she makes words sound. So y'all get ready. We're going to yield over the floor to Sister Tamara. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and thank you, Yusuf, for buying some time for me because I was looking over at stuff all over the place and still didn't find it. So I know that that was not the piece that I was supposed to share. So somebody's supposed to hear this. It's called um, Rumination. I don't know how he does it. Look at me as if it were the first time he ever saw me or the first time he knew he wanted to see more of me. I don't know how he does it without getting stuck on the crinkles, wilting skin, bright white hair, bleached droplets, staining, splotching, the copper of my melanin. Perhaps he is a wizard who time travels, whisking himself, us, back to that first touch, first kiss, first glimpse of something other than a first date in us. Perhaps he is just a man, handy, with a heart for used things, gently worn, that others so easily discard, and he makes them new. I need my, where my, I need some snaps. Wow. Wow. Mm. I don't know if you can hear that snapping, Mm. but wow. (laughs) Phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Wow. That was phenomenal. That's phenomenal. You want to tell us a little bit about that one? Um, Yeah, I guess one day I was just sitting up, um, I was working, you know, in the office working on stuff for the job or whatever. And I think he just, like, walked past to say he was on his way to work and out the door or something like that or whatever. And I just was taking a moment just sitting there thinking about how, wow, he still looks at me like 20 years ago, Mm. right? When I know it's a whole lot that has changed. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. it's the same look in the face, the same look in the eyes or what have you. And I was just thinking about how precious that is, especially to be mm-hmm. at the age where I am now, right? And how um, it also, the the not just the look, but the energy behind it and his behavior and the follow-through, right? How it continues 
to establish that trust, but it also infuses how I move and how I walk in the world because I'm a woman who's loved, right? Mm. And so I was just musing over all of that, and I was like, oh, I need to write about this, right? And so I just started writing, and that's what I came up with so far. Beautiful. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, that's that, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very deep. You got the say. You got the savory, right? You you got it, right? You can. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, when I was listening to her, I, I was like, "Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful." Yeah, that that was beautiful. Thank you for that. You said um, something when you were describing it—a woman love. It's unfortunate, um, you know, being loved, you know, whether it's being loved as a child or being loved as an adult, being loved from your parents, being loved from a spouse, whatever, there is a fullness that people who are loved have. There's a fullness Mm -hmm. that you can't even, you can't even pretend, you know? Full is is pretty much the word that comes to me. What do you think about that, uh, Brother Youssef or Sister Tamara? Would you agree or disagree? Well, I would agree. I would agree. Um, yes, there's definitely a fullness because so many people are walking around in the world displaying the obvious fact that they are not well loved mm-hmm. and it's something that is really reaching a point that is um, an epidemic if you will mm-hmm. with a lot of our people because we don't know how to love we don't know mm-hmm. where to even begin to love right. so this is the time for those who have experienced some form of love in their life and have some input or some idea or an inkling of what it feels like to be loved, to really begin to, one, teach that, but more importantly, to be an example and living embodiment of that, because that's mm. what's needed now. They need to see that in action, and they need to see mm-hmm. that in people that look like them. Mm, very true. That's that's true. Uh, I I will agree. You know, there's and I I'm not sure if it's something that we're supposed to do or not. But at work, I'm always telling the kid, you know, I love you. I love you. And um, my coworker and I were in the office talking to a student this afternoon, and he's like he he told us tonight or at work that his dad is in jail and his mother was in jail as well. So both his parents mm. had been in jail at one point. And, you know, we were talking cause he can get off track a lot. He has a lot of potential, but he can be off track with very much with understanding. And so we were talking to him and he's like, I was like, I, you, I love you. And he was like, I know you do. And he said it. My coworker was just like, wow, because I don't just say that I love people. I don't just tell you mm-hmm. I love you. There's an energy that comes with that. There's an action. Right. Love isn't, 
isn't a um it's not a noun. It's a verb. Right. So Right. And, and and it doesn't mean buying things and it doesn't mean any of that, but it, it can. But love is an energy, it's an action. It's very much an alive thing. It's a it's a very much alive thing. And when you have it, people know it. Absolutely. Tara, do you want to um, do – oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, w- I was just thinking, you know, I have to say this again, though. We we need to be wise, but we have to let go of a lot of preconceived notions about mm-hmm. the prepackaging of love. Mm-hmm. You know, expecting it to look like one thing or be like one thing. Um, And we have to trust enough and, again, trust the divine enough to allow surprises. Mm. You know, before Yusef came along, you know, I was single for about 12, 13 years, and I was having a good time. You know what I'm saying? And I was determined that I was going to have a good time for the rest of my life, whether somebody like that came along or not. And it wasn't always about another person. Sometimes it was about my art. Sometimes it was about the way the wind blew up under my dress when nothing else had blown up under there for a while. Sometimes it was about the way the flowers were waving in the wind or whatever. Sometimes it was about the way I got to dance with somebody or the way my children hugged me or the way a man looked at me from across the room, but I knew it wasn't going to be any more than that. Look, it love shows up in infinite ways, but we have to allow right. it and be receptive to it, right? We yeah. also have to be clear about what it's not because it shows up in so many ways and so many packages. It is not homogeneous, Right. So we have to be clear when it's, you know, a love for a night versus a love for the summer versus a love for, you know, the rest of my lifetime versus a love for something, you know, and be mm-hmm. be really clear about those things and not try to force a square peg into a round hole that is way too small. Mm-hmm. So this idea of allowing love, allowing ourselves to love ourselves shamelessly, regardless as to what other people think about it, and then allowing love to show up in those unexpected ways, in ways that we couldn't even conceive. Yousef was very unexpected, like mm-hmm. real, real unexpected. You know what I'm saying? So um, in, in, in a number of different ways, but I had to be open and allowing of that. And I don't think he would have been attracted to me if I wasn't about loving myself and if that did not right. show, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have, to, we have to be open to that. It is not one packaged thing in a particular kind of way. It's equitable. There is a different kind that meets the needs and inspires the growth of each person. The kind of person that makes me feel safe, that creates trust with me, that pushes me to grow and be my best. 
may be the last thing you would want. You know what I mean? So the mm-hmm. packages are all different, you know, and um, we really have to be open to that and trust that. Mm. That that's that's good. That's good. I I like um I love these higher level conversations that we get to have on Wednesdays. Um, they're absolutely not. There's something to chew on. There's something to think about. Something to ponder. Mm-hmm. You know, in this world of five minute or not even five minute anymore, like eight second video. Nope. Right. Eight second videos, yeah. and that's all my attention can hold. You know, these days, it's it's good to have these it's good to have these conversations so that we we have something to chew on, something that is going to last. You know, um, in in our souls. And so I really do appreciate you, um, Yusef, brother Yusef, and um, sister Tamara. I appreciate you all coming on tonight and sharing your time and your wisdom with us and for all those people have texted me um that they are listening and they have been enjoying and really savoring what is being said in our last few minutes um uh queen missouri do you want to tell us where you can be located out there uh yeah yes and what's your next show yes ma'am so our next show, the next show on Tuesday uh, is called My Health, My Mind and Body Radio Show, and it talks about health issues, mental health, and things of that nature. So the next show, Letitia is actually going to be my guest next Tuesday. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, basically mental health and elevating our lives, so putting them both together and how we can use tools and things of that nature since so she is a life coach. Um, I just want people to have that outlet. Uh, it's a new year, and it's one of those things where it's so important for people to, you know, be able to express themselves and be able to find coping mechanisms and things of that nature to enhance their life. So, you know, elevate, but also get through the, the mental health challenges that they may be facing. So that's what the next show is going to be on next Tuesday. Um, so, you know, uh, it, it will be on a different platform, but I'll have the um, I'll have the link out for everybody uh, on Facebook. You can go to Ms. Missouri Music YouTube. If you do want to hear any of my music, it is on. It's under Ms. Missouri Music as well. Under IG, it's Missouri Davis. So, all right, um, Antonio, you. would you like to share what yes, where everyone can find you? Absolutely. Uh, website, Tonyosmusic.com, on Instagram at Tonyos Music, on TikTok at Tonyos Music, and on Facebook, uh, Antonio.Magaha. All right. Thank you very much. Um, my guests, would you like, do you all have some final words before we sign off for tonight? Well, I would just like to say thanks so much for inviting us on, and I want to thank my wife, Tamara, for being the living example of poetic love. And I also mm-hmm. want to say to the audience the way that we can continue to show love is by continuing to, to support and listen to Be Lifestyle Radio with Letitia. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. 
And I want to say thank you for having us, too, because I heard my husband say some things that kind of moved me tonight that I haven't heard before, you know? Um, And I think that um, moments like this open up um, channels and remind us of things. And so thank you for having us and thank you for having this this forum to inform and to inspire people. All right. Well, thank you all. Again, we'll see you next Wednesday, uh, Valentine's Day, for uh, (laughs) our next episode of Be Lifestyle Radio. Good night. But don't be easy if you let it I swear that you won't never regret it I swear that you won't never regret it When all the chips are down And you're not the hottest thing around town You need a hand to save me Walk you through the maze But be lost, you all the same That you will never regret it
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.